Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've discovered from my challenges with ADHD and chemo brain. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now certified productive environment specialist and ADHD productivity coach with well over 20 years of experience in business, office design, and productivity. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, wife, mom of a teen and a cat, and a lifelong geek. I'm old enough now to be proud of it. I've learned that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget our appointments, we can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and fits who we are with our unique brains. I believe that to be truly productive, we need to learn how to be intentionally unproductive. A strange twist for a productivity coach. But hey, I love to ski, sail, and surf. Listen in and learn how to streamline your space and systems so you can be more focused, organized, and have more time to be intentionally unproductive. Hey everyone, Katherine Avery of ProductivityByDesign.com and your host of the Uncluttered Office podcast. Last time, we were just the two of us, or just the many of us, but just me. We were discussing executive functions and how they affect ADHD and how they show up in a variety of brain-based challenges. But I'm really just going to focus within ADHD. The class I just took, which was coaching the ADHD client with Cameron Gott. By the way, he has a wonderful podcast called Translating ADHD. So if you ever want to check out another podcast that's really, really focused on ADHD and the coaching process, Cam and Shelly do an amazing podcast. Really enjoy it. I listen to it a lot. I learn a lot from it. Anyway, he's one of my mentors. So that's where we're at. And I'm hoping to get him on the show at some point. But speaking of mentors, Denzel Brown was on the show last week. And that is why we had this little gap in between because Denzel is amazing. She and Cam are part of Coach Approach, which is my coach training. And I'd wanted to get Denzel on for a while, but her schedule is crazy busy because she's creating this amazing certificate of neurodiversity coaching, which I am studying in that particular program. So it's exciting. So at any rate, let's go back to Ari Tuckman and executive function. And Ari Tuckman says, even as adults, we still struggle with doing the right things at the right time. This is true. He also talks about a skill cycle. And what that looks like is this. We have weak executive functions. That becomes chaos. (laughs) Then our executive functions get even more overburdened. And then we have more chaos. (laughs) For ways you can defeat the chaos. We'll talk about it, but they do continue on. So I want to also tell you about the emotional cycle, which again is Ari. So a lot of this is from Ari Tuckman. I'm very open about citing his brilliance, hoping also to have him on the show. It's something he and I have discussed. So Ari, if you're listening, please come on. He's just been super busy, but I know that's going to happen at some point. So the emotional cycle is this. You have a failure. You feel hopeless. You decrease your effort because you don't feel like doing it because hell with it. You know, I failed anyway. And then you have more chaos. (laughs) There's like this theme of chaos. Anybody Would you like chaos? So today we're going to talk about three of the six executive functions. And I'm kind of keeping these on the shorter side because they're intellectually dense. And I'm going to try to make them fun with some fun stories, some about clients, some about me. But I'm going to cover three 
last time we covered response inhibition in its entirety because it's such a huge, important part of the way the ADHD brain works. Today, we're going to do three. So the first one, if I can remember, is working memory, which is also known as the brain's RAM, according to Ari Tuckman. So what is working memory? It's the memory that holds information just in that moment. And then either in that moment, we respond, hopefully not react, which is another issue, which we're going to talk about in the next episode around um, emotional response, or we have to file it away for future reference. And here's the tricky part. We have a brain filing issue. So there's like this disconnect from getting this information right in this moment to getting it into long-term memory. So think about the teenager who says, yeah, mom, and then doesn't end up turning off the stove when she was supposed to. That was me as a teenager. I was deep into a book, very, very hyper-focused, right? That's one of the traits of ADHD. And my mom said to me, when the buzzer goes off for the pot roast, do da 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 Didn't hear. No idea what I was supposed to do. I think I went with, oh my God, the buzzer's going off. I better turn it off. And I kind of just guessed. I don't remember, but I can definitely tell you this is like a brain filing issue because I wasn't paying attention and I wasn't holding that memory of what I was supposed to do later. I'll give you an example. And we'll keep coming back to this. I live and die by my calendar. That's because I can't remember what I've scheduled when. I can't tell you, yeah, I can do this unless I can see on my visual calendar schedule, which is actually on my phone, so I never lose it, what I have coming up. This means what? People with ADHD, we can often get overbooked. We can get double booked. We can get triple booked. And then we're really embarrassed. And it happens and we apologize in advance, but if I don't use my calendar, it's not going to happen. And I literally will be at a doctor's office setting an appointment. I'll say, just hold on. I'm going to pull out my calendar and check because there's no way I just don't hold that information. I thought I had a meeting this morning that's actually next Friday. Yay. I forgot in time to to remember. (laughs) How great is that? These kinds of things come up. And because we know we have these issues, we're constantly like trying so incredibly hard to make sure we don't forget things. Another example around this is multitasking. We're cooking a meal, we're following a recipe, we're having to follow all the steps. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a sec. And we can't hold that thought of where we are in the cooking process to now turn and answer a very important question about whether or not we're going to go visit our friends to see the Penn State game tomorrow night. Maybe we miss an agreement, an ingredient, or (laughs) there's a reason I said miss an ingredient in our recipe, or we make an agreement to something and then don't remember that we did it. And two days later, that person's saying, well, why aren't you ready to go? And I say, where are we going? Okay. That kind of thing. When we're in the zone or we're hyper-focused, and this can happen even when we're doing a recipe, we hate to be interrupted because it's so hard for us to get back on track with what we were doing. So what are some of the things you can do? You can reduce distractions so you can stay focused. Let another person know, can you hold that thought? Let's come back to it. A big one I do with my teen is, and my husband, is um, I'm going to pick up takeout, I'll get you something. Text me 
because I'm not going to remember. I cannot possibly drive and remember what someone said. So when I get to the place, the restaurant, whatever it is, uh, let's pretend it's Duchess. I know my daughter loves French fries, so I'm never going to forget that. But she might switch it up on what else she's going to eat from there. Not a huge fan of Duchess, but it's actually not that bad as fast food goes. I will say, text me exactly what you want so that when I'm going through the drive-thru, now I'm stopped, right? A lot safer. And I can read whatever it is she wants and order it. That's a great way to help with this whole idea of memory. Another thing to do is to write everything out. Take your process. Let's say you're launching a new service in your company. So for me, I'm about to launch Uncluttered Holidays. I haven't really started talking about all that, but that's coming up soon. And it's this program that people can take online. I needed to take a whiteboard and put post-it notes showing the entire process of what I had to do when so that I could actually get it launched on time. I'm behind. Okay, I promise it's coming soon. We're supposed to be launching November 1st. I think we're going to be looking at about November 8th. But as I was setting up that process and looking at everything, it dawned on me that my virtual admin is a marketing genius and she loves to do marketing. And so I can focus on building content while delegate much, right? My VA can be setting up all the marketing in the background. There's a task on there that I don't have to take care of. So that's delegating as well and not having to remember. Now, I don't have to remember any piece of that marketing sequence because I have my brilliance Wonder Woman CJ working on that for me. Okay, we're still talking about memory. So let's talk about prospective memory. And that's remembering to remember. And how Ari Tuckman explains this is it's it's getting the timing right. And this is where we can get in a lot of trouble and be seen as super irresponsible. And people say to us things like, why couldn't you just remember? Well, but, but because my brain doesn't work that way. I'm really sorry. I just couldn't remember. So I'll give a great story. I'm going to bring up Cam again. Poor Cam. He had was trying to work through an idea for a quote he was going to do on Twitter. And I had given it to him with different wording or whatever. I think it was a quote around uh, military. And about how the ADHD brain works around the military. And he'd forgotten a specific word and I'd remembered it and I'd sent it to him. And then the next class I said, oh, how did that Twitter quote go? And he said, I never put it up. I forgot. So that's the whole perspective memory thing. Remembering to do something at a later date. What does that look like for us with ADHD? We're often playing catch up, right? We got stuff we've got to do that has backed up on this perpetual to-do list. We might end up feeling so bad about dropping the ball again that we tell a little white lie around it so that we're not so embarrassed. And we hate doing that. That's not where we're at. So again, what can you do? Well, if you've got a situation where it's pretty quick and you remember it right this minute, do it now. I can't tell you how often I'll think of something and I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it now. Or Set something on your scheduler that reminds you to do it later. So let's say for me, early this week, we were still, it's a long story. I'm not going to get into it, but we were still having some struggles with our taxes. We didn't do anything bad. We don't owe any money, but somehow something got bumped back right during the pandemic with our taxes. And it's just this mishmash we're trying to work out and clean up. And it stresses me out and I stay awake at night, even though we don't owe the government any money, even though we're not in any trouble, it doesn't matter. It's just stressing me out. The minute 
I thought about it. I immediately scheduled a meeting with my accountant. Now I'm not stressing out about it. Now I'm not losing sleep at night because the fact is it's on my schedule. I know exactly when I'm going to talk to my accountant about this problem and get it resolved. We are so close, just days away from fixing the freaking accounting problem. Actually, when this episode drops, it will be fixed. Hallelujah. If you can't do it now, if you can't respond right now and you remember something, now maybe not write it on a little piece of paper because it might get lost, but put it in your calendar with a little time to it. Sometimes I put like pay bill, particular bill at like 9 a.m., which is sort of a random time. I may or may not pay it then, but I'm sure as heck going to make it happen. You're going to use uh, project management systems. Have an item as a reminder. Oh my gosh, this is fabulous. Okay, this is a very funny story. We had a dish of food from my mother-in-law that was at my sister-in-law's house. It's like an Italian thing. It's all good. And my husband was afraid he was going to forget to bring the food home from my sister-in-law's house. And of course, food's going to go bad, right? It's in the fridge. So he put the car keys the little key fob on top of the food in the refrigerator because we're not going to be able to drive the car without the car keys, right? By the way, I do this stuff all the time. (laughs) The key fob got too cold and we couldn't unlock the car. (laughs) Luckily, his has like a separate hidden key and he could get the key out and unlock the car to get in the car. But it was one of the funniest things because here's this great strategy we use to help remember something to not forget the food, right? (laughs) And it kind of backfired on us, but it was a very funny moment. So I will often use my keys or my phone as a way to remember things. Appallingly, I read this somewhere. I just was shocked by this. Someone said, uh, if you're worried about forgetting your baby in the back seat of the car, put your cell phone back there because you're not going to forget your cell phone. Uh, what? <laughs> if you can't remember your baby, that's really pretty bad. <laughs> but I guess people do. And I don't want to cause harm to other people. But if that's how you have to remember your baby to put the phone in the back seat of the car, you know, be my guest. That's a great strategy and a great tool. I just thought it was funny. I have to say, forgetting my kid, and I forget many, many things, forgetting my kid really hasn't happened. I've been late to pick up my kid because I thought I was supposed to pick her up earlier. So uh, that can happen too. So let's say it's an important piece of paper, put your cell phone on top of it, put your keys on top of it right now. No lie, we're picking up a car for my daughter today and I need that paperwork. And all day today, including right this very minute, my cell phone is sitting on that paperwork because I know I'm going to forget that paperwork. And P.S. it's almost like an hour drive and I'm not going to be coming back for the paperwork. Paperwork's mission critical. I've got to have it. All right. Other things you can do finances, right? Boy, ADHDers can get in so much trouble around this because we forget to pay our bills. We don't mean to not pay our bills. It's not that we don't have money in the bank account. It's that we forget. You can imagine how many bills I have set on auto pay. Almost every single one of my bills is set on auto pay. I can't remember and I don't want to get in trouble. So a gajillion years ago, because I'm like 105, I'm almost 56. Way back when I got my first home and my first mortgage, I knew that I struggled with paying bills. And P.S., I only found out officially diagnosed with ADHD this year. So I've been living with ADHD all my freaking life. And I had to come up with ways to deal with this brain that I knew was different, but I didn't know why it was different. I just thought it was different. And frankly, I didn't think it was bad. I just thought I was different. Maybe I thought I was bad then. I don't really remember. It's been a lot of years. 
you couldn't really do auto pay. I mean, we're talking like 30 years ago, okay? So what I did <laughs> was I would I worked in Wall Street at the time. I would get my annual bonus. I would put it into my savings account. And then I had set up in my savings account an auto withdrawal for the mortgage so that there was no way the mortgage didn't get paid on time. I also didn't touch the savings account, right? Because I was paying the mortgage. It worked super well. I never had to worry about a late mortgage payment because it came out of that auto withdrawal. I don't entirely remember if I did anything else like the electricity or whatnot. I, I probably did, but it was my workaround for getting bills paid because I just could not remember to remember to pay the bill on time. You can do this too. And now we have auto pay with bill pay. Fabulous thing to do. I also put reminders in my calendar for the things where I have to do my own bill paying. Last thing on this, I love talking about memory in the brain and the little tricks we have. Leave yourself a voicemail, okay? This is, sounds hilarious, but if someone tells you something in the moment and you're not going to remember, call yourself up, leave a voicemail, leave a text, ask someone else to help you remember something. Really, people don't mind if it's if they're going to be able to help you remember something so that they don't get the ball dropped on them. They're not too bad about it. People are pretty happy to help. This all brings us to a sense of time. So now you've got the working memory, the perspective memory, and yay, sense of time. And we wonder why we're late, miss appointments. I've showed up to appointments a half an hour early because <laughs> I was so afraid that I was going to be late. This is a new thing I do too now. I actually put an 15 minute buffer in. Any doctor appointment I make, if it's a 12 noon, I make it for 1145 in my calendar so that I'm not late. Well, recently I was, I think I was actually 45 minutes earlier because I had a 15 minute buffer plus I'd accidentally put it in a half hour early. I don't know. It was a mess. I was like, I'm running out and grabbing a sandwich. I'll be right back. Anyway, sense of time. This is an area of struggle for all of my clients because it's an executive function challenge. Here's how the ADHD brain works. We vastly underestimate the amount of time it's going to take to, let's say, I'm going to get this wrong. Let me go slow. Working memory issue. I should have written it down. When we don't want to do something and we hate it, like paying bills, we overestimate it. I am sure it's going to take me an hour to pay my bills. It takes like 10 minutes. Doesn't matter. Every time. Gonna take me an hour to pay those bills. I don't want to pay those bills. Um, Ten minutes, maybe fifteen. Okay, on a bad week, it's fifteen. When we really love doing something and we think it's the greatest thing since canned beer, and we get totally hyper focused in it, we vastly underestimate the time we're going to take doing it. I'm recording my podcast. I know that it's going to be about a half hour long. I start at 8.35 a.m. True story. This is happening right now. It is now 8.54 a.m. And I have a meeting at 9. <laughs> and I need to be wrapping this podcast up because what's happened, I'm having so much fun sharing this information with you that I vastly underestimated the time it was going to take to actually share the information. I'm going to tell a client story and then I'm going to move on. And we'll do part two. I knew I was going to have to do executive function in two parts at the next podcast recording. One of my clients is like the queen of hyper-focus. She literally uses a little device called Timeular now to keep track of where she's spending her time. And that's T-I-M-E-U-L-A-R. I will put a link in the 
show notes. It's an eight-sided figure thing that's all automated and you plug it into your computer and it gets the data and gives you a report of where you're spending your time. And you write the different things on each of the eight sides and then you flip it based on what you're doing at any given time. Super easy, super tactile. This client is super tactile. She happens to be an interior designer. I used to be an interior designer. She needs very visual and very tactile things. So we all have, oh my God, this is a whole other podcast. We all have different modalities of being in the world. And so two of her modalities are being tactile and being visual. So are mine. I'm also a verbal processor. This explains a lot. So here we are, verbal processing. So she gets into a client project and she wants to do it perfectly. And so she's doing all the things. She's looking at a sofa and then maybe needs a low-end price point and a high-end price point. And next thing you know, she's trying to get the best possible deal for the client's budget. And she's looked at 16 sofas, of which three maybe work. And uh, what about this one? And oh, that one's backordered. Oh, there's a lot of backordering right now in this environment. So she's spending way too much time getting a proposal out to a client because she wants to make sure she doesn't miss anything. And she vastly underestimates the amount of time it's going to take to do this proposal because she's going to get into hyper-focus and in the zone. So one of the things I've been working with her is using this time alert to pay attention to where's her time going so she can see, and then making a decision. And I love her phrasing around this. She said, what's the minimum I need to do to ship this out? Now, listen, her minimum is everybody else's normal, okay? So she's like to the max. So if you are a to the max person and a perfectionist, start thinking about trying this question. What's the minimum I need to do to shift this out? Speaking of out, we are notorious for thinking we can just get this one thing done before we head out, right? Why do you think I had that 15-minute buffer before a doctor appointment? It's because I am queen of I'm going to do one last thing before I go out the door. That one last thing doesn't take two minutes. It takes 20 because that's how we are. We underestimate the time. What are some things you can do around time? <laughs> alarms. Set alarms. Countdown timers. The time timer. It's this nifty clock that kids use. It's got 60 minutes on it and a big red dial that moves to let you know the passing of time. Passing of time for ADHDers, super important to have an analog watch, not a digital watch. You need to be able to see the time ticking away. A little stressful, but still it's something we need to do. Schedules, planners, Give yourself extra time in your schedule. Did I mention alarms? We can't manage time. It's a myth. Oh, the horror. But we can manage our emotions and our energy. And where we're going to start in the next episode with executive function is around emotions and energy. So I'm super excited that you're here with me as we're talking about executive function. Special thanks to Ari Tuckman, whose book has been uh, life-changing for me. Super grateful to Cameron and Denslow, who have been very much here with me on my ADHD journey, ADHD journey. Uh, and thank you all for being here listening. I will be back next week with more on executive functions and a little preview of uncluttered holidays. I am always grateful to you and always open to any suggestions you have for topics we can cover on the podcast. All right. One minute to my next meeting, people. <laughs> Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for being here on the Uncluttered Office Podcast. 
You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.